you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott, and I am super excited today. I say this every time, very excited, but this person that I'm interviewing here, I got a personal relationship with. I've known him. We connected several years ago on social media, actually linked up. I, I just realized that I think in September sometime, we actually like started working together and doing business together almost two years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. So this guy is just tremendous. And coming from the standpoint of a, you know, uh, was working several other odd jobs in the past, realized he wanted to get into real estate investing. And then he was trying for two years on the side. He ended up getting his LLC all situated and everything like the average person out there would. But what separates him from the average person is that when we linked up, he took straight action. He was somebody that really dived in in the beginning to exactly step-by-step what I was instructing and coaching him on doing as far as getting his first real estate deal. And within the first three weeks, he locked in his first contract. I think it was scheduled, you know, about a month later, month and a half later, closed on it. And yeah, it's been a blessing. He did the birth strategy successfully. And now he's got a awesome tenant in there. It's cash flowing. And now he's doing a lot of credit hacking himself, which is awesome. So he's in our Credit Council Elite. So if you have any questions about that, you can always reach out to us at creditcounselelite.com. Otherwise, reach out to this guy and, you know, pick his brain because he's teaching it now as well and helping out a lot of people. So we're super blessed and excited to to be connected with this man. Mr. Brandon Smith, what's up, brother? How are we doing today? Doing well, Brandon. How are you? Good, man. Good, 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 dude. I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, yeah interesting to be on this side of the scope to be honest yeah just a few years ago i remember watching your podcast without even meeting you or knowing you and so it's pretty surreal to be on this side of the scope instead of looking from the outside view of you interviewing someone else so appreciate you uh, bringing me on <clears throat> yeah bro i love it something that i naturally connected with you a bunch in the past is is that you always reminded me of like similar, cause we have similar backgrounds in one sense or another. Uh, I did a lot of stupid things illegally and that wasn't exactly your path, but you know, we were both big potheads at the time, very introvert. And, and I'm talking back in the day for me and same thing with you at this point. So we didn't know each other, you know, back then, but when we actually connected and I heard your story, I was like, I saw a lot of my old self in you and then it was cool to see you actually taking the action to, to make the difference in your life and what it's done so far has been amazing so for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly do you mind just giving a, a quick little rundown of like who you are where you're from and what you're up to yeah so obviously my name is brandon i am born and raised here in southern california thankfully blessed and super proud to be here you know i started doing a lot of odd jobs since probably 18 you know, from mechanics to handyman work to moving people's stuff to, I mean, like you name it, just anything and everything to power washing. I mean, I don't know. I just, I went through just an open mind of, I knew I did not want to work a nine to five job. You know, I mean, it was just not for me until I, you know, stumbled upon you obviously. And I think the network of Thrive has really helped that really expanded my network as well as finding someone like you so yeah what i'm doing now is you know investing in real estate as well as doing some credit repair as well as doing some travel hacks you know so it's amazing how things have changed so you're actively doing manufacturer spending on a regular basis as well on a daily basis still stacking up a good amount of coin yes transferring money on a regular basis how much how much are you typically manufacturing a spend per day anywhere from like 10 to 20? Yeah, around there. Yeah. Around, this around is thousands, there. 10 to 20,000. Yeah, yeah. Personally, just myself. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is awesome. And sometimes you get the family members involved and leveraging and, and you know, moving money around. It's obviously no interest fees, which is awesome. You're not paying interest. Plus you're making some good coin. You know, that can average out those simple numbers on a basic one and a half percent or a 2% cash back card. We're talking, you know, 4,500 to 6,500 profit per yeah. month. So let's talk about real estate, right? So when we first connected, we connected at first it was online. You're watching the podcast. You're, you're learning as you wanted to get into real estate for, you know, sometime for about two years. Right. And then we met in Vegas at thrive. Afterwards, we started working together, I believe like the following week. And I mean, basically the, the guidance that I gave you within that short period of time, the step-by-step you locked in your first deal within the first three weeks, you know, how did that feel and how, like the information that I was giving you at the time, was it difficult? Was it a a pain in the ass? Was there like a a ton of legwork that you had to do or or what was that process like? So, you know, you definitely laid some, you know, road work to do for me, you know, at first, yeah, (laughs) yeah, homework, exactly. So, you know, it was calling the, the realtors and you know, after like 10, I kind of gave up and then you're like sitting there, you know, telling them to keep going. So I kept going. And after a couple of weeks, I finally got a call back from one of the realtors and she so happened to have a potential lead in her pocket. So it was great. So I followed up on that and just did my due diligence on it. What else? I mean, it was... Did you have anxiety during, oh, during yeah. the time or was okay. it stressful? I mean, yeah. So, you know, you can only imagine, right? I'm going to this, not having any money. Like, what am I going to do? So dead broke, no money, yeah. working, yeah. you know, dead end jobs at the time, something you weren't happy about. And then looking to get into real estate, investing in me at this point to, you know, investing in yourself basically to, to get the results. Right. And yeah. you don't know how you're going to pay for it. And then you're taking this advice from me as like, you know, Hopefully this, whatever he's telling me is going to work. And then I'm giving you a bunch of homework to do. Basically, to sum it up, it was to reach out to every and anyone, anyone and everyone in the area that you located because you already knew your strategy that you you decided to go with and you knew the location, right? So that next step was to just build the relationships like crazy, which you did all of this very quickly. And you had a bunch of leads coming in. So then we just started analyzing them together. And that one connection that you, you built with, she ended up getting some, she was doing some wholesaling. She was doing some letters, you know, direct mail marketing. Exactly. Motivated seller, right? Yep. So once you got that locked into contract, what did that look like? You know? Oh yeah. Uh, so once I finally got under contract, you know, it's like, what do I do now? So it was kind of a struggle to be honest, because I'm a first time investor, right? In a lot of people's eyes. And so what do they do? Not really trust me because I don't have any experience or, you know, record of showing that I could be capable of doing anything like this. So what I did was made a proposition of like, Hey, I just need the money to buy the house. I will leverage my personal credit that I've built over the few years and put it all on me. Yeah. Going like, Hey, I got some sweat equity and, the full risk is on me to the fullest, like just to show how serious and dedicated I am that I was willing to bet on myself at the end of the day. Love so it. I think that made a big difference in making it happen is betting on myself to the fullest, like leveraged, like I was leveraging on leveraging, let's put it that way to make it happen. So, yeah. you know, I was leveraging, I was learning how to build the credit. Like I was leveraging my credit while I was building my credit. Like it was, pretty you know it was it was, it was aggressive it was an aggressive it was approach aggressive. Yeah, yeah and it was aggressive. super out of your comfort zone right it wasn't oh, the natural yeah. the normal yeah i mean there was times you know like later that would probably look close up a little bit you know and kind of put it to the side because i didn't want to it was just a little bit of anxiety too much anxiety at, at the time you know yeah but i knew that it was a good deal and i knew that it's something that i've been wanting to do like you said for the past few years and the only way I was going to do it is take action and learn as I go type of thing. Yeah. And I'm a little biased because, you know, I'm connected here with you, but overall having a coach that was right there with you, you know, what was, 
kind of just looking over the deals with you, analyzing, giving you the next steps and walking you through the process. Was that helpful? Did that bring some peace of mind? So yes, that brought actually a tremendous peace of mind because versus what I was feeling in mindset thinking was, you know, basically seeking validation. I, I caught myself doing a lot of seeking a lot of validation from you, which is, I, I notice a lot of people seek validation in anything and everything. Yeah. It's just a natural human instinct. And so, you know, having someone, I guess, that has experience seeking that validation and getting that validation kind of helped, you know, move forward in the little hiccups that I would get into. Yeah. Process. As I'm asking that question, I remember certain conversations with you in the beginning where like you would be like freaking out. You'd be like, oh my God. And oh, yeah. Just riddle off all the problems I was going through your head. And I was just like encouraging, like, yeah, man, let it all out. And then afterwards, take a damn deep breath <laughs> and relax. And like, you got this, like your deal ended up, you know, it started off way better than a lot of my deals, you know? And we ran into some issues along the way, right? Because you were doing the burst strategy. So the burst strategy for everybody that knows, most people know, if you don't, that's totally okay. It's uh, B and then four R's. So buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat that strategy allows you to have no money or, or very little money into the deal at the end of the day. And it still cash flows, meaning you have a mortgage, principal interest, all that fun jazz, capital expenditures, maintenance, all the expenses and so forth calculated already. And it still adds up to less than what the average monthly income is bringing in per month. So you can get that difference, that gap there for cash flow, which is awesome. So you got the deal under contract. And then I was encouraging you to start reaching out to private money lenders, you know, because we were building up your credit at the time and, and still trying to fix credit as well as build credit. And there was a bunch of things in between. Oh, yeah. so, so what did that look like? How was that process getting out there, trying to find money partners on your own? So that was challenging because I think it was more of the personal confidence of like, yeah. Hey, I got a deal and I need your money to make this yeah. thing happen. So give me your well, money. Give me your money, <laughs> right? And so first deal. Yeah. So they, you know, people would close up because I'm asking for money. But you know, when you approach it differently, it's yep. it definitely changes the psychological perspective of it when they, you know, when they look at it. Yeah. That's what I realized. So the the lack of confidence at the time, just because it was your first deal. You really weren't sure and you're going back and forth each and every day because the analytical side of the brain is like, you know, holding you back a little bit, the unknown. Um, so obviously it's a, it's a little scary asking and raising money when you're not even sure you've never done this before. You're not even sure if it's going to work out. Right. So, yeah. you know, when you're looking to raise that money, how many people did you reach out to and what did that overall feeling look like? You know, was it, was it difficult? It was super stressful. Yeah. I mean, I, a good handful of like, you know, my inner circle, because that's yep. what I started with, you know, and um, yeah, it was super awkward, obviously. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. Would you say the confidence is kind of like the secret ingredient or something that, you know, if you had the full confidence, do you think you would have potentially been able to raise the money from those certain people that said no to you originally? Yes, because... Yep you know, now things are a little different and sure. they're more open to, you know, Hey, find another deal. Yeah. You know, when they didn't even invest in that deal, they just saw what I did with my deal. And now they're like, you know, find another deal and let me know type of thing. So love it. I love so it. It is awesome to have so, that. So you get the confidence yourself. You've seen the whole process beginning to end and now you have a track record and you have before and after pictures, which stands out alone. Plus, it's all numbers at the end of the day, right? So, you know, you got all the numbers listed and your cash flowing. So, what did you pick up that first property for? I picked it up for twenty-two five. Twenty-two five. I see. Uh, after closing, it was probably close to twenty-five grand. Yeah, and you reached out to a bunch of people in your circle, but we weren't able to raise the money from them. We ended up reaching out to one of my contacts, and we ended up raising the money. And then how, how was that process? Was it an easy transition? Was it difficult, pain in the ass? It was pretty easy with a sense of having technology at the fingertips, you know, because, yeah. you know, he's, he's on the East Coast and I'm over here. Yep. So, a couple documents. Yeah, exactly. Quick wire. Uh, 
Yep. So that was a lot easier than I thought it would be and quick. So yeah. I love that. And it made, made it happen or else I wouldn't be having this deal. You know what I'm saying? So super thankful, you know? Yeah. It ended up being a win-win on both ends, right? You know, he got a good rate, you got the deal, you're able to get, you know, the project started. And so you got private money to purchase the property fully out. And then the remodel you handled on credit, correct? Yes. All credit. Okay, cool. So let's talk about when you actually closed on the deal. What what was the time frame? I forget. You locked it in place within the first three weeks of working with me. And then the whole thing that we were talking about first, what I was preaching at the time was get as low earnest money as possible down and then extend your closing date as far as possible. Right? Yeah. So do you remember the closing date or how far later it was? It was uh, like 45 days, I believe. 45 days. Yeah. Cool. You know, she wanted like 30 days was like, you know, she was already, yeah. coming, you know, like, gosh, you know, can you hurry it up? I wanted next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want it tomorrow. Like, can we just make this happen? And I'm like, no. But she wasn't, she wasn't willing to give up the price, which we, you know, that, that's where you get that negotiating power. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, uh, so it was about 45 days later, you actually physically closed on it. We ended up getting the private money lender to purchase the first, you know, part first, of it. Part they of got it. a first position lien on it promissory note and so forth. And we got the money within a couple of days before closing, correct? Yeah. Because I was trying to get you to get it from your circle and it ended up being just a, a little bit more difficult because it's, you know, the first time they wanted to see a track record and so forth. Yeah. They don't want a newbie investor. They want someone seasoned, obviously anybody yeah. probably does. Right. But that secret ingredient with the confidence, you know, next time or if, you know, the education behind it, as well as just having the full boldness of confidence, if you can present that and know what to say at the right time to the private money lenders or whoever, that's where that secret ingredient is to be able to get them comfortable to loan money to you. Um, so you got the money, you closed on the deal. I think it was a little bit before Christmas, right? Crazy. It was right before Christmas. Yeah. And then I started rehab 31st, which is the end of the, yeah, end of the year. Yeah. So you didn't skip a beat. Like you're right on it. You ended up screening out some contractors. How many did you screen out? I screened out a total of <clears throat> five. Five. Yep. The one that I went with was just seemed the most communicative as well yep. as the most, you know, had the tenacity to make it happen and like want to do business. Sure. And uh, he just showed me his previous work and I, I liked his vibe. I liked what his track record and, you know, he sounded like he'd been doing it for quite a while. So I went with him as well as the other contractors I was contacting was just a joke. So, yeah, you know, it was like, a they weren't thing. consistent. They weren't being transparent. Their bids were all over the place. Right. That and not even showing up for yeah. the bid sometimes. Like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Now I forget actually, but did you pay with cash for the contractor or were you paying with credit card? I was paying with credit card. So he wanted cash, but I yeah. convinced him otherwise. And that's what I always preach, right? Because that's where you get that safe in case they ever run off, screw you over long distance, you know, and he well up, like he might have done that if you were giving him cash. Right. Because there were some tough moments. Yeah. That, for sure. yeah. There's That'd always problems that come across in real estate during the project. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about the project. What was needed? What kind of dilapidated state did you find this $22,000 project in? <laughs> <laughs> How did you receive this thing? Was it like uh, a... It was not livable. Let's put yeah. it that way. Okay. Um, the story behind it, I would say there was probably some tweakers in there, you know, like just hoarders. You know, I think there's even a picture of the house beforehand of the tenants that were there. And it was just disgusting, you know, leaks that they didn't take care of. So the subflooring was nasty. I mean, the bathrooms were disgusting. They, they put tile over drywall. So it was mold. I mean, like... Yeah. I don't know. It just, you know, it was pretty bad. And the tile over the drywall, that was in the bathrooms, right? Yeah. So they did a remodel 10 years ago or whatever. And it sure. was, you know, a shitty one. Yeah. It was <laughs> horrible. Like, it was like, wow. Okay. And that was one of the items that popped up, the unexpected, you know, and that's why that miscellaneous, when it comes down to your budget and your costs are so, so crucial, which we did put in there, but we didn't put enough, right? Yeah, I mean, it just ended up being 
whole gut job for that bathroom, you know? Sure. So um, at the end of the day, it wasn't so bad considering at first I was freaking out. I remember calling you and just like, I don't know what to do, you know, more <laughs> money, like, oh my gosh, you know, but uh, I'm glad I did it because now it's fully gutted and brand new. Yeah. Half-assed, you know? Yeah. It's done right. It's done completely. Like you didn't skip a beat on any moving pieces of it. I think the only thing like, did you do the roof as well? Or was that the only thing that didn't need it? Right? Yeah. So that was the only thing. It was like about halfway through its life. And I literally, yeah, I just felt like I, I kind of cleaned. So it looked yeah. like I was going to say, it looks brand new though. I didn't even know if it was halfway, like it looks brand new, which is awesome. Just so I had him it clean it, you know, and um, just kind of savored it, but I replaced pretty much everything else. Yeah. So now it's a brand new property. So how long was that remodel process? Like how many, how many months? <clears throat> so yeah, he started demo on the 31st. Of Do you have like one of those horror stories, like the average person out there? I know my first one, it was a year and two months. No, it wasn't that bad. It was about three months. Three months. I love it. That's an I average, like you know, that's I an average remodel. Like average. Yeah. So it was about three months. And then early the next day I had the tenant in there. So it was awesome. The next day. That's crazy. I love it. Like we were waiting on the contractor at, the, at this point, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, had, had to get the keys up. over and stuff, right? Like basic oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So how did you find the tenant? Let's see. So I found the tenant through Facebook. I, you know, advertised on Facebook, Zillow. Yep. I think those were the two main sources I advertised on. And I was having a lot of calls. Yeah. I mean, I went through a bunch of fun ones, right? Oh yeah. Like 30 <laughs> plus calls, right? Of just, wow you really want to move into my house. Okay. Like, I don't know if you can, like, yeah, I don't think you could qualify, you know, like, so I, I went through a lot of, a lot of prospecting, you know, I was prospecting through a lot of them. So yep. it took about a month of me marketing to actually find them, to find a, a tenant that was actually pretty qualified. Yeah. Okay. Now, actually just taking a step back, let's talk about during the, the remodel, the construction, yeah. What type of problems arose? Type of problems. So one I can think of off the top of my head is towards the end, I can tell that, you know, it was getting close to, you know, him being paid off. So yeah. the money, you know, was not that enticing to him to finish the little things that needed to be done to finish the job and him get paid. So one that's, day. that's one learning curve. What would you do next time differently to make sure that there's a bigger chunk at the end or like, what would you do to make sure that he still is very eager to get it done? Be a little more uh, stern on the things that he did not finish. Yeah. Like, instead of saying, hey, I did stuff from week six, you know, like, but I didn't finish this one little task from week three, then... You don't then get paid on week three. Paid, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I, I paid him on the benefit of the doubt that he was power rushing. Like, I'd say the first month he was gung-ho, like powerhouse like dang you were like yeah you know you're amazing me in a way like awesome and then you know towards the second month it was you know getting more to the the intricate like the heavier line yep. you know stuff of like electrical and the plumbing and you know the stuff that took more you know work and you know to to make it happen so i think just next time you know in the future just like you said don't pay week three if there's anything missing, you know, have that scope of work very detailed and stay true to it, stay on point with the budget that at the end, there is a big chunk, big enough to make them not want to miss out on it, right? Yeah. If they're getting just little bits up front throughout the whole week after everything is done, but there's a big chunk at the end that they're looking forward to and maybe even a bonus if they hit that time frame. Did you structure it to give a bonus or a pain yeah, point? Yeah. They did? yeah. You know, yeah. he was saying that he could get done in six weeks on the contract. And I'm like, let's make it two months because I know that's not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, I did say I'd give you a nice little bonus if you if you finish in time. So that didn't happen. So you and gave I, two additional weeks, right? Yeah. And uh, still with the bonus attached to it, it didn't happen. But was there a pain point? I forget if we structured that. What, what was the question? Was there a pain point? You gave a reward that he missed out on, but was there a pain point if he went over a certain time frame? No, and I probably should have rather, yes. you know, saying like, hey, now I'm going to start charging you for my time. Yeah. So the time other, is money. 
Yeah, time is money. And so now like, hey, you're delaying my tenant from moving in. I want yep. to move in. So good. I feel like she could probably move in a week or two earlier, but hey, waiting on the contractor to finish, you know. But I feel like it honestly, everything kind of lined up perfectly in terms of time. It did, it did yeah. like with the tenant, the contractor finishing. Like it's just like it just lined up and flip fell into place. That was pretty surreal to watch. Yeah, yeah. God's good. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So with the project, I, I know there's a few things that popped up. We talked about the the bathroom as well, and it wasn't just one bathroom. There was two bathrooms that we had that issue with, right? Yeah, I mean, they were, they were both gut jobs, for sure. Okay. And there was issues in the kitchen sink or the floor, right? Something? Yeah, so there was a leak that the tenants did not care about, their previous tenants, and it literally just got worse and worse and worse to where the subfloor needed to be replaced and some supporting beams and whatnot. That we didn't originally see, right? We didn't see those additional expenses there. Anything yeah. else that kind of, that popped out? Uh, in terms of like big expenses, like, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, that wasn't expected. Uh, I don't think so. The windows were all calculated, the HVAC as well, correct? I know it was a little bit more expensive though, correct? That was, you know, around five grand-ish. To do the HVAC, but yeah, I mean, that wasn't that fun to have to replace, you know. <laughs> I love it, man. It's crazy to see the whole project from beginning to end, how it was dilapidated, super beat up, even just getting the lead itself, and and how much there was like overgrownness and just oh man, the before and after pictures is just life changing. It is like it's pretty surreal. Like it's 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 like wow, that actually was a you know an actual house that was around <laughs> yeah yeah but now it's it literally looks beautiful yep. i feel like having it be more beautiful and like going the extra mile of making it you know a little more homey feeling and like those little details yeah um, make it to where you know it kind of attracts more of a nicer tenant in my okay. my personal experience or feelings you know towards it 100 percent I couldn't yeah. agree more with you. And overall, the curb appeal that you did to it, I mean, it now it stands out as the best property on the block, which is awesome. And, yeah. um, and it's, it's awesome because you're in California, you're in San Diego, right up the street from me. So you're in, what is it, Escondido area? Mr. Carlsbad? Yeah, yeah. So that's about 45 mm -hmm. minutes away from me. And you're investing in, I don't even think we mentioned this, but it's probably pretty important for the average listener out there. This is what three thousand miles away over in Huntsville, Alabama. Yes. So I bought this house literally without seeing it. Yep. I did the the rehab, you know, hiring the contractor and having him do the rehab without seeing it. You know, yeah. I, I came towards the end. So that was nice to, you know, really kind of surreal see the the vision of, you know, where it was and now where it's at and just like wow, it was a freaking turd. Like Yeah. And also just like the mindset yourself as well, the growth that you've had from back then to now is totally just like life changing. I can see it so easily on you and Jennifer as well. And we're always just, we're always bragging, you know, privately to either other people or to ourselves like, dang, it's just so cool to see how much like balls this guy has, as well as just the, the confidence now and the perseverance through any obstacles that you've gone through to be able to get to this point that, you know, naturally uh, more on the control side, just like I was, and also analytical, you want to make sure every, this is your first time doing it, right? Like rightfully so, you want to make sure the numbers are good. You want to make sure you're not missing a beat and you never even saw the property at first. Yeah. You only had one connection over there and that was, you know, a, an old friend. So it was all new. So it's really cool to see just how far you've come from there to now and what you've accomplished. So let's talk about this tenant. You got an awesome tenant in there. How long did you start marketing for? Like how was it a couple of weeks and you just started getting blown up? So it was, you know, I'd say it took about a month, like I said, I believe to get okay. her fully in there from marketing. Okay. So you did about a month prior before you started pre-marketing the property saying, hey, it's, it's coming to market soon. You yeah. Know, first come, first serve. Yeah. So, I mean, I posted pictures of it, you know, half done. Like, half done, yeah. I don't even care. Like, hey, it's, it's going to be available at, you know, such and such date. Sure. And yeah, it was great because it gave me time to go through all these different people and literally prospect them. Like, really like get to know them. 
yep. you know, and like, what are they looking for, you know, and like build a relationship in a way, spend like 30 minutes on the phone with them to really yeah. like, you know, understand like, are you a good fit for both of us in a way? Sure. It's, it's got to be a win-win. We got to get along. We got to communicate very well. And I think communication's huge. Everything. The transparency is literally everything. That's the secret ingredient behind it all besides taking action, right? Yeah, exactly. So with the communication with the tenant, you found that perfect one. She moved in the day after the property was actually fully complete. And she's even waiting on the, the contractor to turn in keys and, and so forth so she can get fully in. Yeah. So the first couple months go by, right? And you're just beginning to understand the whole landlord process, making sure that everything's good and just seasoning the property a little bit before you do the cash out refi, correct? Or you explain it to me and kind of let the audience know after you get a tenant in there, what was going through your head, the feelings and how much time went by before actually getting that, that next process of the birth strategy. So she moved in, it was about a few months later, I believe it was like June of 19, 2019. I went out there because a good friend of mine that lives out there, he was getting married. So it was a perfect time to go to my friend's wedding as well as go visit the property and check up on the property as well, you know, and meet the tenant, you know? Yeah, because you didn't even meet her yet. And she's, yeah. she's been living there the last couple months. And, you know, you're like, yeah. okay, let's check in. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I need to, I felt like I wanted to, you know, it was good to meet who's in my house. Right. So went out there, went to the wedding and went to meet her and it went well, actually. The only thing that didn't go well was when I did the walk through the house, I found a small leak from the sink in the bathroom, which caused some damage to the new brand new vanity that I got. So, you know, we're talking like a $300 vanity that's now stained and you know starting to like almost warp in a way right like it's, yeah it's, it's getting water damage and what really made me mad was that she didn't acknowledge it recognize it tell me about it you know <laughs> like i gotta go out there and, and face the destruction myself so that was a communication curve between me and her in the beginning to where like hey i know you didn't see it or recognize it because you know you're not you're not recognizing it yourself like you don't she doesn't own it, right? Yeah, so like, most people just don't care. Yeah, like it's not, you know, she's caring about her own priorities and her sure. own life. Yep. And then, you know, whether she saw it or not and didn't care, that's her choice or, you know what I mean? That's her thing. But I wasn't known about it. So it sucked to have to wait like three months of additional damage. Yeah, yeah, some damage. So then, you know, basically I had to reinitiate like, hey, now this is our contract, like that if there's any damage that, you know, you're kind of reliable for it. If it goes beyond you not telling me, then that like it causes more damage. Yeah. So it kind of put a you know a little fire under her. Like I need to be a little more cautious and, and pay be attention. more. Yeah, because I think that's one of the the communication problems is that she doesn't let me know that like hey this little thing is happening. It may be little to her, but at the same yeah. time the under causing the underlying effect that it could the ripple effect that it could you know take place could be tremendous and extra damages and so forth. I had a tenant in the past, she had a leaking roof and she was like, well, it only leaks here and there once in a while in yeah. the, in an extra bedroom. And I was like, yeah, but if it's leaking, it's causing, you know, mold in the drywall above it. And there's other issues and I need to fix the problem. And, you know, it, it's taking this, you know, a hundred dollar problem and turning it into potentially several hundreds or, or even several, you know, thousands. So that's why it's very important to have that communication. And now it sounds like you've communicated that to her now and she fully understands like, hey, she needs to keep an eye out on the property and yeah. anything minor as, as small as possible or as big as possible, she needs to let you know. Yeah. You know, I, I emphasize it. Like, I don't care how small it is. Like, yeah. She's like, I don't want to bug you. Like, I don't, I want to be bugged. Like, I'm here. I'm, this is my this is my business. I'm operating it. I'm managing yep. it. And I want to make sure it runs correctly and efficiently as well as safely. Yep. Like, yeah. So a lot of people, I truly believe that they're not used to dealing with good landlords. They're dealing with like slum landlords or whatever it may be. So they're not used to it. And having a good landlord like yourself, that's like, Hey, bug me, please. If you see any minor little problems, let me know. I'd rather do 
the maintenance up front, you know, prior before any issues arise, just so we don't have those issues in the future. Yeah. So, so you know, another issue is like, you know, sometimes the toilet gets clogged, right? You know how that everybody's like, oh, what if they call you at three in the morning, you know, about a clogged toilet? Well, I've gotten a few of those, not three in the morning, but like, you know, hey, the pipes might be, something might be wrong with the pipes, but you know, hey, we get the plumber over there, it's just her clogging the toilet. And then yeah. Clogged. So then, you know, she has to pay for it because she clogged the toilet, not yeah. that there's a problem with the pipes and that there's an issue with the plumbing. Like, you know, it's just small things like that, you know, that she doesn't want to take accountability for. But yeah. what's nice is getting a professional like a plumber and like, hey, what's the diagnostic? What's the problem? Now let's fix it, obviously, sure. and let her know what's the actual reality and what to do forward to not have the same problem. Yeah, to, per to prevent that. Yeah, I love that. So I think you just debunked like one of those big myths out there for people that first off are chicken shit scared to invest at a state like long distance across country, especially on their first project. You already broke that one down. You're obviously doing it, which is awesome. Just like I'm doing it. And then that second one is basically you're managing your own property as well. You're doing the project or not project management. You did that when it was during the remodel, but you're also doing the property management. So are you getting any crazy calls in the middle of the night? Have you ever? Nope. Ever, Not right? Like I've never received any crazy midnight calls, like, you know, anything like that. So it's nope. so funny. Yeah. You're, you're not unclogging toilets yourself, right? No, not at all. And I don't plan to, I don't plan to, you know, fly out 3000 miles, eight hour yeah. flight, you know, to go unclog a toilet. So, you know, that's another thing that has really, um, shape my mindset as well as you know reality is like hey time is valuable so outsource it to someone who's a professional as well yeah. as you know someone who's like wanting to do it you know yeah. like they like and they're close it's convenient like I don't, yeah. it's a win-win so I, I love that you know i'm helping out someone else while they're helping me out in a sense so it's like it's, it's just such a win-win because you know at the end of the day i'm supplying a job for someone yeah. You know. I, I get I get the same pride feeling knowing that like hey I'm employing several other people this is helping them out they are the professionals that's what they signed up for so it's like they're doing their job and and if it was in my backyard I might have potentially gone out there and tried saving a buck you know which then takes away my time from learning or or living the lifestyle that I want and getting more properties. Exactly. So therefore, it's amazing. The only way to scale and really succeed in your business to be able to take it to the next level is simply hiring out and leveraging and building the systems in place first. So I love how you've taken what I, I've kind of tossed at you, like at, as a out of the fire hose, basically, and you ran with these things and you've taken action on it and now you're succeeding with it. So, you, you know, You've had some issues with the tenant, bare, small, little ones, just transparency. Now you guys seem like you're on really great terms, which is great, and seasoning out the project more. How did that cash out refi go? That's so the last. I'd say that was yeah, that was probably the worst. Yeah. Sure. Most challenging, I, I would say. Yeah. Because the problem I was having was, you know, hey, I just remodeled this whole house on credit, which now brings me to having a bunch of debt on my credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, you know, another hurdle that I had to face and figure out and persevere. So that was interesting. That took the longest part of the, the process was refinancing just because of my credit. Um, so, you know, thankfully with manufacturers spending that changed things by moving the debt around, making it look like I don't have debt. Yep. So that was huge. That was really a game changer by moving the debt around, making it not look like I have debt, but really I got all this debt to make it to where like, hey, I got a good score and I can refinance now. Yeah, so, so for anybody out there that doesn't know exactly what that is, manufacturer spending is just a big circle of taking your credit card, for example, spending $100,000 on it, purchasing something that you can literally liquidate into cash, taking that cash and paying off the credit card. Now that's a big circle, but if you're doing it with the right credit cards, you're actually making points off of it. Therefore, you know, that $100,000, if it's a 3% cashback card, you just made $3,000 gross minus, you know, maybe a couple hundred dollars in fees, let's say 500, then you're at $2,500 profit, 
which is awesome. So it's all about the mass numbers of it. But what he's talking about right here, what Brandon Smith is talking about is, you know, even if he had 95% debt on his credit cards, you know, his utilization, that would crush his credit score. But through manufactured spending, he's actually able to maneuver the money around and always have the balances paid off in full by the statement closing date. So therefore he gets his 95% debt utilization down to 0% utilization very quickly. And the credit score jumps up. The credit bureaus have no idea. Therefore the banks and lenders see that your score is looking sexy and then they'll start lending to you. Now, at the time, you didn't have the consistency job for two years, so we couldn't go the traditional route with lending. But with some connections, you know, with hard money lending, long-term investor loans, we were able to get you Vizio yeah. uh, lending, which yeah. fortunately, I wasn't able to hook you up with my connection for some reason, somehow. We Lack of transparency. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and ended up connecting with, you know, somebody new. That was a little bit of a goofball, uh, messing up some paperwork. But we we're still able to get the awesome results that you're looking for, get your money back out, right? Yeah. No, it literally, you know, wasn't what I was hoping for, but it literally got me what I needed to, you know, move forward. Yeah. So now you're at a fixed rate. What is your monthly payments? 661 and some change. Okay. That's cool. my, like, mortgage, taxes, insurance like the whole shebang. 661. Cool. And then what is it rented out for? 1100. 1100. Awesome. Love it. So you're getting several hundred dollars right there for, for actual income on top of that, which is great cash flow. Yeah. And now you got your money back out. So you can pay off the credit cards. Good to go. Still manufacture spending, making some money from it. And yeah, man, that's crazy. So that's the whole process. Just like, and how long did that take you? Uh, it took me about a year from start to finish. And what, but, what was the, the most challenging part you said was the cash out refi, correct? Yeah. I mean, so like, you know, let's say if I had my credit great and groovy, like I finished the rehab and had to head in there three months. Three months. So that, you know, it could have sped up the process up a lot quicker if I would have, you know, learned manufacturer spending at an earlier state sure. at that time to then move it around and not have all this debt showing, you know. Yeah did the cash out refi yeah. on that third or fourth month. Yeah, exactly. Instead of waiting, you know, unfortunately a year, but I'm just glad it's done and I can move yeah. forward, obviously, you know. Love it. What other learning curves? I know from beginning to end, so many moving pieces, there's a couple of gold nuggets and everything and a couple of learning curves that you take into place from each little part of the whole transaction of the birth strategy. But moving on to your next one, what what kind of encouragement or what would you recommend to somebody brand new listening that might be your same, you know, similar situation? You know, what would you recommend for them or kind of even to yourself that you're not going to do next time? Mm. Rephrase that question again. So so yeah, just, you know, what you could tell yourself that yeah. maybe the problems that you came across this previous time, what you're trying to not run into on your next deal? What kind of problems are you trying to you know, look out for? Whether it was with the contractor, with the lender, jumping on to get your credit right and planning for that before you know, do the refi? Yeah, so I feel like being a little more prepared, and, you know, I definitely went gung-ho, just jump in the fire and just get torched and still make it out type of thing. But I don't, necessarily recommend that for everybody depending on their situation because everybody's life's different and circumstances and whatnot yeah. luckily for me i'm i'm more you know it's just me and i could take on a lot of risk at a young age in a, in a way you know but i don't obviously recommend that for everybody so you know what i'm working on is you know raising capital you know raising uh, some business credit raising personal credit and get that more. locked in first right yeah and then it just sets you up with more opportunities you're not going to have to search around. When you get a deal locked in in place, you don't need to beg people for money. You can use credit or you already have the relationships built up, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's one thing I'm, I'm ready to, you know, be more prepared on is, you know, build more credit, business credit wise, you know. And then I think with the contractor, I think you did an like above and beyond amazing job with the contractor. I think the unexpected cost that came up you know, maybe having a bigger miscellaneous or 
doing a deeper inspection, I guess. And it's tough. Like with that particular situation, you can't like drill holes or cut into, you know, the floor for the kitchen or the bathroom walls in two different bathrooms to check out everything. Yeah. There's a lot of things, you know, behind us that we can't see. But I think you did a phenomenal job from beginning to end. My only two cents recommendation on the, you know, whole project besides that would, I think, be that last stage of the cash out refi. The jump on it faster to get the ducks in a row to be able to fit in each box or each lender because each lender can be different as you started networking and realizing, right? Yeah, definitely. Everybody seems to have their own terms and requirements and all that gravy stuff. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I, yeah, I mean, that's something I really do wish I took more action on in terms of, you know, figuring out because I, I kind of closed up. I know I did for a little bit and just kind of like, I don't even know what to do because, you know, I didn't know anything about manufacturer spending yet. So, well, you know, I think I find myself similar in a certain sense of a uh, situation because it's easier to hire out and tell people what to do and just to like swipe the credit card and pay for it. Right. So getting the deal under contract, telling, you know, people what to do and getting it remodeled and so forth, and then being blessed to get an awesome tenant in there after doing some hard work for a couple of weeks. Once it's kind of set up and you start forgetting about it, it's like, whoa, we got that one more last piece. And now I got to do a lot of work to follow up, find the right lender, give them a million and one documents that they need to make sure that I can fit in their box you know, it can be a little bit more challenging, right? A little bit more effort from us. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I love it, bro. And what is the business called? And how old are you right now? I am 26. When I bought that house, I was 24. Love it. I literally just turned 26, like this month. Yeah. So, yeah. Two years in the making, right? Yeah. That's so, so fire. I love it. Any recommendations that you would give to somebody just getting started? see some recommendations. I mean, so obviously recommendation could be, you know, depending on a certain person's circumstance, right? But let's see, a recommendation. See, last year I went networking a lot and that's something that I have never really done. And it's been way out of my comfort zone, like talk about anxiety to the fullest. Like, so I don't know with the whole COVID thing, like how is COVID with networking? Like how, how is everybody networking nowadays? You know, I, I think the best way to still network is jumping on social media. There's so many people that are staying home on social media. You can connect in so many different groups. My church is still active, so we like to network with a lot of business people in, in our church. But yeah, I mean, reaching out to people, just checking in, see how people are doing, and see how you guys can connect, add value to each other, and so forth. Yeah, so I think networking is huge. That, it is. That's, you know, building relationships. Yeah. And then obviously taking action, right? And then another recommendation is like, figure out what you want, you know, like figure out what resonates with you. What kind of resources do you have at your fingertips? Like what are your current circumstances, right? So like, you know, everybody could in a way different state of life. You know what I'm saying? I'm obviously in the beginning and who knows what happens in my life in 10 years. Like I could build an empire or I could destroy one. Right. So yeah, you know, I just think it comes down to self-awareness and having, you know, that thought to yourself, like, what do I want, you know? And I think that goes a long way because at the end of the day, you know, you're laying on your own bed and you're in your own world. Like no one gives a shit. So, you know, and surround yourself with people that are, you want to be like, I think that's huge because it's contagious, you know, and it's just, it's, they're going to rub off the good from them. You know what I'm saying? To, uh, hopefully influence, you know, you for the better type of thing, you know? That's true gold. At the end of the day, I've had mentors in the past that have taught me or told me that success isn't taught, it's caught. So be very cautious of the five people you're surrounding yourself with daily and understanding that, yeah, you should always be leading somebody and helping them out, but you should also be surrounding yourself with other like-minded individuals that are on your same level fighting for something better. And then more importantly, having other people ahead of you that can guide you, coach you, mentor you, show you the ropes that is actually doing the exact same thing that you're doing. Just like you mentioned, understanding exactly what you want. You should always have the end goal in mind of like, what do I truly want in life? How do I want to live my day? Who do I want to surround myself with? And, you know, the daily activities I'm doing. 
but then backtrack to see exactly what is it going to take to get there and and the daily activities I need to take to get there you know what, what does that take what kind of sacrifices do I need to implement and routines do I need to start picking up on a daily basis to be able to hit those goals for sure um, I love that action like you said action 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 yeah so you know I'm a big fan of mentors you know you're one of them for obviously and then just anything I've done from mechanics to anything I've mentioned prior like handyman like anything you know I've had mentors like I have not gone to college or school to learn what I know yes yeah. it's all the internet and learning from people that have done it and, and are doing it because yeah. they're in the trenches and they're going to be the most experienced you know yeah. wisdom you know yeah I mean that do yeah, you can learn so much in a book, but when you actually get hands-on, that's where all the other learning curves are going to start coming into play. And you want to be learning from somebody that's doing exactly what you want to do. You know, apples to apples comparison. You know, because if somebody came up to me for wholesaling, like I would refer that out. I would connect you with the best wholesaler I know. Instead of if your goal is to do the burst strategy or fix and flips and so forth or anything credit related, then I would be like, Hey, let me show you because I've right. done it. And that's something that, you know, cautious, you know, who you're surrounding yourself with and getting guidance from. But when you do surround yourself with the right people and you do take action, don't take it lightly, but constantly like something I commend you on so much. And I'm so, so freaking proud of you. You've always, like you've been uncomfortable <laughs> since the time I've known you almost on a daily basis <laughs> on, on some real stuff. And that's why I have tremendous respect for somebody like you because you have pushed yourself through the trenches of anxiety out the roof, heart beating out of your chest. Like I've seen it. Oh yeah. And, like, like my muscles are tight. Like I'm yeah. sitting there getting massages because I'm so crunched up and like just freaking out because you, yeah, it, you know, first time it's first time. And then, you know, it's, 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 a, you know, it's building tough skin is yeah. what I, you know, is what I've learned is building that tough skin, that layer of just thick skin with, and being able to take the hits that comes your way and pierce your beer and learn how to get to that next level type of thing. Cause, cause you know, everybody likes to be comfortable or at least I do. Right. Sure. Every, I think everything, it's a natural instinct of like comfortable, you know, everybody wants to be in their little comfortable domain. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, I know that there's not enough, there's no growth there. So, you know, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so I'm, I'm learning to embrace the uncomfortable, you know, what you don't like, right? What I don't like, which is, you know, Hey, I'm doing a podcast this is my first podcast. And it's like, I never, you know, would think that I'd be on a podcast, but here I am. It was the first for everything. And like, I don't know, it's just, you have to be uncomfortable to change your outcome of your life. And it's like, you know, if you're happy with your life, then so be it, be, you know, Keep, keep doing what you're doing. Like, don't sit there and look at someone else's life and say, damn, I wish I had that because I did that in the beginning. And I think that was, was what was paralyzing me. Yep. I was, you know, looking at, you know, everybody, Ty, Cole, Hatter, you know, all the gurus or, you know, all the, all the guys that are 10 years in the game and have, have built a little empire, right? Yeah. They've got punched in the face about a dozen or several dozen times. Oh, yeah. Probably hundreds of times. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you know, when I was in the beginning, I would beat myself up tremendously. And I probably still do it, but I, I constantly on a daily basis, like fight it because I know that's, that's not the right mindset where you want to be. Yeah. So you got to be uncomfortable at the end of the day. I love it. Yeah. At the end of the day, as long as you're, you're a little bit better than the day before and moving towards something greater and good, that's what it's about. And, and you taking action and getting uncomfortable. I just, I commend you for doing it. There's got tremendous respect for you for pushing through. And what's cool is like at the end of the day, after pushing through that uncomfortableness, you always look back and I've asked you this probably a dozen times throughout our, our relationship. I'm like, now, was it that, was it that bad? You know? And you're like, nah, bro, that was nothing. It was cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So the next time know, going through it, it will be like, dude, I can do this. Yeah. It's just a process. Yep. I've realized, you know, and you got to just go through with it type of thing and know that, Hey, I'm in this part of the process. Yep. And I need to get to this side of the process. So how and what do I need to do to get there? Another thing is just don't compare yourself to other people because that's what was paralyzing me. I, I realized I would sit on social media and just compare myself when really it's like, Hey, I want to be there, but I'm not doing shit to, to get there. So I'm going to obviously have the same results as I've been having all this time. So I think that's what makes the difference of like where I was a few years ago to where I am now is finally, you know, you know, what do I want? You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. What, what do I want to build and what I want to create? Not what anybody else wants to create or what is, what does someone else think of upon me? Like what, you know, it's, it's about what you want. So yeah, that's huge. I love that. That's so, so good. So much gold nuggets in this. So as we're wrapping up, let's just, you know, let's throw it out there. What do you want? What does the end goal look like for you? What are you trying to accomplish? And for all the listeners that you've just dropped tremendous amount of gold nuggets, is there anything that me or the listeners could do to give back to you? Uh, let's see. What do I want to build? You know, you're either building an empire or you're starting one. And I got that from Elena Cardone that thrives. And that literally like sunk in for me. So good. So I'm on a mission to build an empire because my family doesn't come from anything of empire, anything. It's more of a hardworking class, you know, work for your money, work for your time, go home and, and that's a call it a day. So I'm looking to change that obviously. And and just, I want to experience the world. I think more, you know, I, I just know that being stuck in one place is not healthy for anybody, whether like, Hey, it's Cali. Like I, you know, I'm, you know, I want to, travel so it is paradise out here in comparison to the rest of the states but yes it's important to travel which is awesome it is because when you're stuck in one place you don't realize how good you have it or how blessed you are because you know you go to other states or you go to other countries and then you experience you know the true living situations that other people are living and it's just like damn i really don't have it that bad yeah you know i'm just i'm in the process of building you know, like, hey, I want I want to be super successful and build an empire, but I'm. It's not going to happen overnight. So I think coming to terms with that for me has tremendous effect. Each and every day, just getting a little bit closer, a little bit yeah. better than the day before. For sure. Anything that me or the listeners could do to give back to you? I mean, you got me for life, so. I know, right. No, <laughs> put me on you know, retention. I don't know. Maybe add me on on social media. That'd be nice. Yeah. Maybe if like if this helped in any certain way, like you know, I guess it would be some validation, like, you know, that they, that someone, you know, adds me as a friend or they, uh, you know, send me a message saying, Hey dude, like that was fucking great podcast or I don't know. And yeah. like Reach some out. type of validation, like, Hey, uh, you know, like dude, kudos to you. Or like, I don't know, like I'm on the right path or dude, you suck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. So uh, how can people get a hold of you? What's social media links? Social media. I mean, Facebook. Okay. Yeah, Facebook, Brandon Smith. Yeah, I think it's Brandon Smith. And then Instagram, I mean, I think it's Brandon.tsmith. Yeah, Brandon.tsmith if you want to follow me on Instagram. So, yeah, I mean. Guys, I highly, highly, highly recommend reach out to this guy. Let him know, you know, connect. Let him know what you guys thought about the podcast. And overall, just show some love. He's been with me almost coming up on two years right now. And just a badass. I mean, the, the stuff that he's doing each and every day to able to move forward and make today a better day than yesterday and the stuff he's doing with credit is phenomenal so so yeah selfish plug reach out to this guy you know ask about credit council elite or you can reach out to us if you have any questions about credit council elite if you need credit repair done for you then we have creditrepairmobile.com and then if you want to connect with me you can always do so at brandonelliotinvestments.com otherwise Instagram, it's Brandon Elliott Investments or Facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott Investor. Appreciate you guys all so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast. Leave a review. Let me know what you guys think about it. Actually, in fact, I want to give out for taking action. You know, Brandon has always been a guy that takes action, doesn't screw around and pushes himself into the uncomfortable zone. Uh, so he, that he does grow and that the uncomfortableness gets comfortable very soon. So I want to give out the book Action Driven to you guys absolutely free, 100% free. Actually, I'll give it to every single person. Every single person I'll give it to for free. If you just send me a screenshot to anywhere on social media, like I said, Instagram, it's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott Investor. Send me a screenshot that you subscribed and left a review for Ready, Set, Go Real Estate Investing Podcast, and I will give you this book, Action Driven, 100% free, all right? It's changed a lot of people's lives in in some cool different ways I wasn't expecting, and uh, I'm confident it could be the same for you. So I have nothing but love for all you guys. Truly appreciate you, and we will see you next week. Brandon, any final words, my friend? Uh, You know, just take action at the end of the day and be uncomfortable. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's, that's all I got to say.
Love it. Appreciate you so much, bro. I, I really got nothing but love for you and tremendous respect. Till next time, guys. Stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.